It's really good to be with you this morning. Just want to say, take this opportunity in a public format, since I have the opportunity before we get into the lesson, uh, to thank the congregation here. As all of you probably know, I had a, had a bout with some blood clots a few weeks ago, and uh, I really feel good to be able to stand before you this morning because of that and everything that went along with that. But uh, the congregation here has just been a blessing to Lanise and I since day one, even before we actually lived here. But um, just the outpour and outreach, not only in the past few weeks, but before that, the way you welcomed, welcomed us with open arms uh, has just been humbling. And uh, typically, this was a new experience for me because typically I'm on the giving end rather than the receiving end. And I know people probably pray prayer, prayers on my behalf, even when it wasn't a critical health issue. Uh, for other reasons that I don't know about, and I do appreciate that too, and I know that prayers go out to you that you don't know about from time to time, but I know about a lot of the prayers that went out, the texts, the phone calls, uh, just the well wishes that you had for us uh, during this, and I just really appreciate, appreciate this congregation. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, uh, we've got a loving family, uh, a lot of Christ-like people as we'll get into the lesson, talk more about that but uh, just have a lot of support from the congregation here, and I want to thank you guys all for that and uh, just continue in that. You know, we have, as a song we just say, did you think to pray? Um, you know, it's one of those things we have a duty and we have an obligation to pray, but I think everybody here embraces it as an opportunity to do good for others, and uh, that is uh, hats off to all of you and continue in that. The lesson of the morning is going to be along those lines. So typically when I'm thinking about topics for my lessons and usually I have three or four starts to things that I'm thinking about studying on my own about, uh, unfortunately, as we'll talk about self-denial a little, a little bit this morning, uh, I think about what will apply to me. And uh, then I usually take that and say, okay, if it applies to me, will it apply to others? And the lesson this morning uh, hopefully will apply to those that may be in the audience that haven't accepted Christ, haven't put on Christ, and aren't a part of the kingdom this morning to understand a little bit more about how you can follow Christ. It will apply to young in the church and some of those that are more seasoned also in the fact that we always have to have self-examination in what we do. Now I will tell you, follow me as the title of the lesson this morning. Uh, a lot of us can think of many contexts probably that that has applied to us over the years. I will tell you it's been a pain point probably in my life, as you can talk to probably to some of my siblings, as young people growing up from time to time, and you have friends that you want to be connected with and you don't want to be called the chicken of the group or something that says, come on, let's do this, follow me. And it usually gets you into trouble of some sort. Now, I don't know if you talked to my parents if they thought that I was rebellious or just I considered myself adventurous. Uh, I guess it just depends on what word you use. Um, but I had a tendency to get into trouble. And a lot of those things, I will tell you, was at the hand of my older sister, Donya. For those of you who know her, uh, give her full credit where credit is due uh, on that. But she said, let's do this, let's do this. And I'm like... A lot of times I wasn't like, no, we shouldn't do that, or have you thought about the consequences? But sometimes that word follow me can really get us into a lot of trouble if you're not careful with that. I think all of us have probably at one point or another, if you're a parent or a grandparent, even if you just made reference to this quote, is 
just saying if your friends jump off a cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff too? Okay, so that's another one of those follow me things where if they're going to do something that's wrong, are you going to do that too? And that has a lot of application for us this morning that hopefully we can do, but the lesson of the morning is going to be more contained in following Christ. Follow me. The capital M in the follow me is to be Christ-like. The prayer this morning uh, didn't prompt it or anything else, but he talked about us being leaders and followers good leaders and good followers. And that's a good segue for the start of my lesson in asking the question to you at the audience this morning, are you a leader? Are you a follower? Which are you? When you first think about that, um, you, you might say ego, you might say pride, you might say a lot of things that kind of get in there. And I'm, gonna say, I'm a leader, you know. I'm not, I'm not a follower, I'm a leader. But I think it's important for us that have put on Christ, those that are young, regardless of pride and ego, to understand first that we are followers and followers of Christ, to follow him the way he wants us. And we'll talk about that as we get into the topics of the morning. It's really important, I think, for us to self-examine, and I will say this probably two or three times, if not more throughout the lesson, that it's a minute-by-minute minute thing. We as humans have the capability of making a lot of great decisions, a lot of good opportunities that are given to us. We also have the opportunity to make a lot of poor decisions. I was listening to a program the other day on the radio that uh, is actually on K-Love, and it was an individual that was talking about the fact that she was in the middle of a kind of a heated conversation with her spouse, and she knew right in the moment she was going to regret what she said. But she said, I said it anyway. How many times do we have that opportunity when we're supposed to be Christ-like and put on the example for not only uh, each other but those that are in the world that we make that decision even in the heat of the moment? And that is why we need to make sure that hopefully the topic, though simple this morning, is going to be hopefully uh, prompt you for one to study a little bit harder about how you follow Christ in your life, but also how we can better be that light to the world. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, the title of the, the lesson this morning, Jesus talking to his disciples, knows it's not apostles, he's talking to his disciples. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, we think about how the scriptures are used for us today. We think about how we use those scriptures and understand that this is very important and it's integral to us being Christ-like. The word Christian in being Christ-like and be a follower of Christ is that we deny ourselves. That is one of the hardest things for me to do. That is one of the hardest things for us to do because we want to be comfortable it was kind of interesting to me, and I won't keep making references back to me being in the hospital or anything like that, but previously before we left, I had spoken on Acts chapter 14 and talked about the Apostle Paul being stoned to death, and he was left for dead, and they thought he was dead, and he was preaching the next day, and here I am, I get a few blood clots, and it's taken me three weeks to get back up here in front of somebody, and not that I was an example in front of all that, but I even talked to Craig about that later, because at one point he had asked me to speak last Sunday, and he made other arrangements. I'm like, man, you know, we let things in this life get us down so, so quickly, it seems like. And you might say, well, yeah, it was serious and it wasn't the same thing. I don't know. 
You know, is it something that we are just so soft as a society? And I think we have to watch that uh, basically getting into our church life and our Christianity and how we follow Christ. Self-denial is very important. And then taking up our cross, taking up his calling for us to actually follow him. So we're going to talk about three things this morning briefly. How do you follow? What kind of follower are you? And how do you help others follow this morning? And it's important for us as we kind of slice this down a little bit, there's going to be a lot of overlap, but understanding very surface things this morning that hopefully will help you delve in deeper to some of the scriptures. And we're not going to take anything out of context, but obviously a lot of the scriptures this morning, I can't go into all the context behind each of the scriptures as we talk about how to do that. So we talk about the question that I asked to begin with, are you a leader, are you a follower? And the correct answer to that is we have to be both. It is important incumbent against, uh, for each of us as Christians to lead others to Christ, but we have to make sure that we do it in the right way. So with that, we have to be willing to be led. And that's one thing that as a guy uh, that is hard sometimes for us and for me over the years to say, kind of yield to other people's advice, to yield to other people, because I want to do it my way. We want to do it our way. Uh, you know, this path that this person took over here was okay, but I'm in charge of me. I'm accountable to me. And as you get a family and get more responsibility, you're accountable to other people. But we are also accountable to each other in the decisions we make. So with that, we have to be willing to be led. Are you willing to be led? That is the question. And I hope every elder in here today is hoping everybody answer that question. Yes, I am willing to be led. In this flock that we have here, are we willing to submit ourselves to the eldership? Because that's instrumental in our well-being because they are looking out for our souls. Are we doing that? Are we willing to be led by that? Or are we rebellious? As my parents, and I don't want to mix words here, but are we adventurous or rebellious in that fact that we try to do things that maybe are outside the lines or outside what maybe our guidance should be as far as reaching others. So I think it's important for us to understand Psalms chapter 23. And as we look at Psalms chapter 23, I want you to ask yourselves the questions here uh, on the first topic of how do you follow? Do you deny yourself? Do you put the trust in the word? And do you study the word? Psalms 23 and 3 says, He restores my soul... He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And notice I have for his name's sake highlighted, bolded. I think it's important for us when we talk about self-denial and talk about being led, that it's not about us, that it's about others, how we reach others. And, and, and I think all of us, probably most of us, maybe there's some younger people here who have not experienced this, but the older I get and the more experiences I have to be able to help others either through prayer, through some small things that we can do with, with meals or comfort during a loss of a loved one, uh, during a sickness, during an illness, or just being there to, to be in, in joy with some people that are having some, some things that are happening in their life that are very joyous times, that benefits the person that's giving also because they're receiving back, in, back the, the fact that they're able to have joy in the fact that they were able to help somebody or comfort somebody. Again, making sure that we leave pride out of that and make sure that we leave our ego out of that, that we don't make it about ourselves, but we get reciprocated from some of that that we give out just from the fact 
that joy that it brings to those individuals. And I think it's important for us to understand it's for his namesake. He doesn't lead us just so that we can have a comfortable life, that we can have, uh, be on easy street and do all those things. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Understanding this is an Old Testament scripture, but still applicable to us today. And as I think I have said a couple of times, probably in every lesson I give, that uh, I don't, I very seldom will give a lesson without bringing in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that we need to be reminded that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have to put our trust in the Bible that has been given to us. This word of God that has been given to us is our instruction book. It's important whether you have the hard copy like I have here today. Uh, I will tell you I was very happy when I was in the hospital that I had the digital form that I could just scroll through on my phone. Uh, it, was, it was very good. However you read the scriptures in their entirety in the inspired word of God, it's important that this is our instruction manual for us in our lives. Now, a lot of times, again, pride and all that ego will get into the way where I don't need instructions. I, I don't need to be able to look at this because I know what I need to do. We need to continually look into this because I will tell you, even studying for this lesson, there's some things that I learned more about myself and more about what I need to do for God's will as I was studying this. It doesn't matter how many times you go back to the scriptures and read them, you can continue to grow as a Christian from that. And that's one of the things that we need to do. And also remember that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that we continually remember that. It also tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. These two scriptures are very familiar to us, and we get used to seeing those. But when you really look at those scriptures, do we live those as far as a follower of Christ? Do we live those the way we should? And this is the one that I've seen over and over, but this is one of the scriptures that I never really paid that close attention. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. We need to be diligent to prove ourselves to God, not to each other, not to the world, but understanding by us being approved to God, we're probably going to be approved to each other and approved to the world too. But it says specifically, present ourselves approved to God by rightly dividing the word of truth. How are we going to do that if we don't get into the book, if we don't get into our study, if we don't study with each other, if we don't do something besides Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, hearing portions of the word as I'm presenting this morning, if we don't do more with it, we're not going to know how to follow him as much as we should be following him and what we need to do to better serve him every single day, every single day, and to better serve each other in the body of Christ. I think it's important for us to understand that. We need to rightly divide the word of truth. So being able to decipher that from time to time, asking a question to our brother and sister in Christ, maybe it's a question we have to need to bring to the, to the elders and get their, get their interpretation of it or judgment calls in some cases. But nonetheless, we have those scriptures, the word of God that has been given to us. James chapter 1 and verse 22, we need to continue to ask ourselves, how do, we, how do we follow? Do we deny ourselves? Do we trust in the word? And do we study the word? 
Got a little bit ahead of myself there, I apologize. The next point is what kind of follower are you? So it's important for us to understand the difference between these two questions. How do you follow and what kind of follower are you? Because I can study the book all day long and not make any application in my life. I can say, okay, this is how, and maybe lay it out as a teacher or a professor would say, this is how you follow Christ. One, two, three, four, five. This is how you do it. The next part of it is do we actually do it? What kind of a follower are you? Do you take action in those things that the scriptures tell you to do? I will tell you lots of, lots of times, especially in my younger years, it was easy for me to just say, well, yeah, I understand what, need, what I need to do, but I didn't always do it. And sometimes with our parents, when we talk about obedience, as children, you should be obedient to your parents, as the scriptures tell us to do. It was easier for me sometimes, seemingly, for me to kind of go the other way or to say, okay, I'm not going to do what my parents say uh, because I'm my own person. I need to make my own decisions. Um, and that's one of those things that sometimes internally we have to examine ourselves and say, how is our heart? If we have a rebellious heart on some of those things, that could definitely translate into not being uh, properly following Christ and doing what his will for us. As we look at what kind of a follower are you, are you a doer? Do you, keep the, do you keep Christ's commandments? And how do we build on Christ's foundation? James chapter 1, and verse 22 through 25, it says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For, if, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, the Bible, the scriptures that have been given to us, the perfect law of liberty, and then what do we have to do? Continue in it, not just know about it, not know how to follow Christ, but actually take action and continue in those words that are written in the scriptures. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, all of us are going to say this morning, we believe that, we understand that, but do we take the action, actually follow through with that in our day-to-day -day lives? In every situation that we have, and that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes, and I don't expect everybody to go out of here and, and say, okay, well, I'm going to be a better doer, a better follower, and in, in the heat of the moment, I'm going to always make the right decisions. That's why Christ died on the cross and gave his life and his blood so that we might have the forgiveness of those things, because we're not going to be perfect. But nonetheless, are we trying our best to be perfect, to be do a doer of the word and to continue in it and not a forgetful hearer. So this morning, getting ready, I uh, just wanted to make sure that, you know, everything was right, looked, looked in the mirror as we probably all did in some form or fashion this morning. And we look at ourselves and say, okay, I'm ready to be seen by the public. Okay, it's one of those things I guess we, we, we all do from time to time and call it vanity. Uh, should we be too worried about what we look like in our outward appearance? To some degree, but we're dressing up uh, to go to the house of God, to gather together. And obviously me being in front of the audience too, I wanted to make sure I was presentable in some form or fashion as maybe our society dictates from time to time to you. But it's important that we understand that we forget about that and we just quickly understand, okay, I look okay and maybe I went outside and not that I have that much hair to mess up, but maybe the wind blew and messed up my hair. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, 
I give hard time to people sometimes when I see a hairdo that's a little bit out there. I'm like, man, is the wind blowing out there? What's going on with that? Um, and Lenny, of course, gives me the stare, and I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, obviously, I don't have to worry too much about that, and I see a few in the audience don't either. But it's important for us to understand that sometimes the importance of us going back and continuing in the scriptures, the perfect law of liberty, is sometimes I forget, too, what needs to be done until I go back and review it again and say, okay, this is what I need to do. The study in Acts to me has just been incredible, and I, I'm sorry I've missed the last few Sundays uh, on that because it's just a reminder of some of those things that the early Christians went to and a reminder us to us as far as first century Christians what we should still be doing today. There was a reason why Christ instituted his Lord's Supper and gave us the example of upon the first day of the week. Do we forget about Christ during the week and his sacrifice that he made? I would say, no, we don't. But this allows us the time once a week to be able to go and take our minds and focus directly on that and remember that life that was given to us. Again, the scriptures that tell us that we need to do that in order to be um, Christ-like and a follower of Christ. Jesus says, in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now this one's very simple, simple for me to understand, keep my commandments. And a lot of times, and, and there may be some in the audience that don't quite understand the difference between uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament, I understand that, but keep in mind the, the 10 commandments as given in the law of Moses and all the commandments given to the children of Israel do not apply to us today, but there are commandments that are given to us in the Bible. And this is one here. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Continue in his word, study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the truth, and Jesus telling us, commanding us to keep his commandments. Keep those things he has asked us to do. A very simple thing, but understanding that to be Christ-like, we need to follow all of what the scriptures ask us to do. This isn't an optional program whether we do it once a week or once a month or twice a year, the example that we have and to, by the scriptures that have been given to us, the first century church upon the first day of the week gathered around the table. Christ instituted that. And we need to make sure that every avenue, every aspect of even our worship, but also our aspects outside of the worship, that we truly delve into the word and understand exactly how we should follow those commandments as Jesus tells us to keep the commandments. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 10 and 11, it says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is, Christ, is Jesus Christ. Understanding Christ died for his bride. His commandments are not an optional thing. And as you even maybe as kids look at your, evaluate your um, relationship and how rebellious you may be as a, a youngster or teenager or, or whatever to your parents, we have to look at that as children of God and understand how we can take our actions sometimes and when we're following Christ being a doer and actually being doing something that we shouldn't be doing because we're laying another foundation that Christ has already put in place. 
Christ has established his kingdom and give the, gives the instructions for entry into that kingdom, and then we need to continue in that and make sure that we don't try to become another founder of something. And we've seen it over and over. You look at history, and those who study uh, maybe religious history, or you can just study just American history or world history and see how many religions have been started, and they go by the names of those individuals who started them, taking Christ completely out of that. This is the church of Christ, Christ's church that he died for. It's important that we make sure that as we keep the commandments that we look into the word that has been given to us and ensure that we don't vary from that. This brings me to the last point. How do you help others to follow? So this one's important. Understanding foundationally, going back to that word, that the first two need to be in place in order for us to help others follow Christ. In order for those to be want to be Christ-like, we have to do our part as far as a Christian in not only knowing uh, that we need to follow, but being a doer and taking action in our Christian life to be able to do that. But then at that point, you know, how do we help others follow? First of all, be an example. Be ready to answer. And again, the overlap, study the word. Get into the word, into the scriptures, and understand what we need to do. 2 Timothy 4, verses 11, it says, These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Another scripture, and there's many, many that I could have put in here that talks about the action that we need to take every single day as Christians to dig into the word, to study, to understand. This one here says, be an example to the believers. It doesn't talk about, again, kind of going back to that one that says that we are to rightly divide the truth to prove ourselves to God. This one talks about we are to actually be an example to the believers. So those that we're meeting with today, we need to be that example for one another. Why is that important? You know, there's many reasons that could be, that could be called out this morning, but I think most of it is so that we can take each other's strength and grow in Christ and be better followers and to let this light of this church be able to re reach those that are in the community, to be able to be that light that we need to be, but also so that we're not putting a stumbling block, which there's plenty of scriptures that talk about that, into our brother's or sister's path that's going to cause them possibly to stumble and fall. It's important that we look at this one and put this into memory verse 2 and let no man despise the use, but be an example to the believers. It doesn't matter what age you are, or how long you've been baptized, whatever your case may be, if you've been added into the church, into the kingdom, you need to be a believe, an example to the believers in conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity, and to continue in reading, exhortation, and to doctrine. Again, we can't do any of that unless we're digging in and studying the word that has been given to us. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when, you, when they defame you as an evildoers, they, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Clint Goodman gave us a talk last time we were at Bridgeport last Sunday morning and talked about that hope. And we need to understand that I can tell you even in my life, uh, sometimes in jest or just kind of what we say sometimes, we say so often, I wish, 
Um, sometimes we slip in the words fate. Uh, I can tell you if you're watching the OU Texas game, you know, we were sort of superstition going on. Should Lanise be in the room? Should Lanise not be in the room? Because every time she came in the room, something went bad. So I'm not superstitious, but you know, there's some of those things that sometimes in our life, uh, some of we think about that hope that we have, and sometimes some of those things that um, we should be firm on the foundation and not wish that we reach heaven. We have to have that hope and that firm hope. That will come through following Christ and being a doer of the word and continuing in that word that has been given to us. But it says, be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks the reason for the hope. That is one way that we can help other, others be followers. And some of you might say, as I did many times in my life, uh, especially make, making excuses as, young, as a young man, is I grew up in a small congregation, and, and it was one of those that I wasn't particularly proud of bringing visitors to, especially friends from school and everything like that. Again, all probably for the wrong reasons in my mind, but it just wasn't something that I thought that they would say, yeah, I want a part of this. Ask yourself this morning, is not that I was ashamed of Christ or the church I was going to, but in order to get others to follow him, I didn't think that light would let the light shine. Don't make excuses for bringing up Christ and understanding to help others follow, but be ready to give a defense. Does that mean you need to know the scriptures backward and frontward? No, it doesn't, because I can tell you sometimes I'm asked a question right on, you know, right on the spot, and I'm like, I should know the answer to this, and I can't think. You know, we, we, we kind of lose our minds sometimes when we think about, oh, hey, wait a minute, and lock up. I don't know, you can offer all sorts of excuses for why I can't recall what needs to be said at the time. We don't have to be walking scriptures as far as understanding, but knowing where to go. And then being that example that we should be every single day, so that's what others see. It's important for us to do that. That those revile your good conduct, that are going to defame you as an evildoer, that they're going to be ashamed because of what they're doing. And we may or may not have seen that in your life for those who come back down the road, many years down the road, maybe especially those in high school that were mean to you because they knew you worshiped a certain way or you went to church three times a week. Why can't you go to this on Wednesday night? Because I go to services and you're reviled for that. That later on they're going to say, you know, I'm glad you're a rock because that helped me better serve Christ when I got down the road. You never know who you're going to influence by that example that you may have. Colossians 3, verse 16 and 7, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's again going back to, we've had several great lessons in the past few months on pride and leaving our ego behind. It's not about me. It's not about what I'm saying. It's about what the scriptures say this morning. It's about what's important to Christ, that everything that we give God the glory, that we give him the reasons why we're able to do something. And, and this is the hardest thing to me sometimes, you know, when you build things, I like to build things and we put things together. Say, look what I did. Look what I did. And sometimes you may bring somebody, look what I did. Are we giving God the glory for that instead of saying, man, this makes me feel good and puffs me up and makes me feel good? You can feel good about it. I'm not telling everybody to go drag their heads down because I'm a Christian. Yeah, I brought somebody to church today. I don't, you know, don't be ashamed of that. But at the same time, have your heart in the right place that is to be that example to give God the glory for all things. I'm going to attempt to read this pretty small font back here, but it's important for us to understand 
that these scriptures are very, very important to us. So leading into Matthew chapter 4 and verse 3, it talks about Christ after he fasted 40 days and being tempted of the devil. And sometimes in our lives, we want to use other resources, which I'm not saying uh, concordances and reference material and listening to other people teaching that are, that are maybe outside of our normal circle of listening to speakers and such that you can't get good information from those. But understand what Christ did. We talked about all those things that we should be doing to be Christ-like, but what did Christ do? In Matthew 4, beginning verse 3, The devil came to him, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of Man, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angel charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you should dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said, it is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up in an exceeding high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him a third time, away with you, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shalt thou serve. Now, if we want to be followers of Christ, if we want to be a doer of Christ's word, And we have the example from Christ himself that used his holy scriptures. And if you look at everything that Christ did in his life, including leading up to setting up the Lord's Supper, he was keeping the commandments of the old law in getting ready, preparing for the Passover feast when he instituted the Lord's Supper. He followed the law that was written from God and gave God the glory in everything that he did. And I think it's important for us to understand if, if Christ needed to use those scriptures, don't we need to use those scriptures a little bit more in our lives and understand this word a little bit better than what we do? Again, going back to John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Back in Psalms 119 verse 1, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Are you seeking him with your whole heart? And I will tell you right now, yes, I am seeking him with my whole heart. And we can probably all answer that question. When I go out into the world and have something thrown in in my path, I'm a little bit hungry. I'm achy. I don't like the meds I'm on. We got these bills coming in. All these things that happen in the world. Do I keep him and seeking him with my whole heart and understanding my heart is in the right place. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. We need to, as a follower and to lead others, that we are making sure that we keep all the commandments to as closely as we possibly can with our whole heart. And also, In Psalms 119 also, one that's very familiar to us, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Without the word, we don't know what we need to do. And there are so many that are sitting in assemblies probably today of denomination in the denominational world that probably don't look at the scriptures other than what they might see here and there or hear from the preacher from time to time who don't really have a clue what they need to be doing, but it makes them feel good. 
If you're coming to church just to feel good, that's okay. You're, we, it, it, part of it is for us to be edified, but if that's the only reason, then you're not doing what you need to be doing with your whole heart. So in order for this lamp to be a light into our pathway, we have to delve into it and use it. Now sometimes when we're looking at our path, we look at this right here. Uh, I won't get too much into this this morning, but when I was a younger man, there was actually, we had four grown adults that were going on a hike in the Wichita Mountains. And uh, we actually had six children. And yes, I'm talking about Lenise and I and Craig and Sammy. And uh, there was a path that was given to us, and it actually started out, if you've ever been to the Wichita Mountains or been on a similar hike, that has all the, uh, the starts of the path and what the path looks like on a little chart that you look at. And we looked at it, and there was actually a two-mile loop you could do, or you could do a four-mile loop, or you could do an eight-mile loop. And I think, if I recall the story right, is we got about two miles into it, and all four of us put our heads together, and we said, we got water, we got, and, and we can do the eight miles. We're going to do the eight miles. Okay, it was very hot that day, but we had, we had provisions. You know, we, we, we made this, this very conscious and deliberate decision that we were going to go the entire eight miles. So we had six more miles that we had to go. Now, I will tell you to begin with, and part of our decision-making process was that path was very clear. It didn't look like this picture right here. It didn't look like this picture at all. It was very well-defined path, but unfortunately... After we got to like the third or fourth mile and we had no idea what, how far we had been once because the markers started getting less and less, it was getting hard to see that path. It started growing up like this. And you know what the biggest reason why? Because there weren't very many people that made that decision to do additional path, additional hike to do the eight miles. You know, the, it was crazy. And that was one thing that we didn't really factor into that. But one point I would like to make with that is the more of us that are doers of the word and following Christ, the better that path is going to be trod for us. The better, more easily seen that path is going to be for us in our lives. And then we don't have to worry about it. And I tell you, it wasn't quite as thick as this, but we got to the probably fifth or sixth mile and we started panicking. And uh, we probably made a poor decision in the fact we split up and took a couple of kids and this one our kids were pretty young too and uh, we survived obviously <laughs> but uh, there were some scary times there because we could not see the path it was literally like this and for those of you who choose not to dig into the word your path is going to look like this for those who are trying to choose whether they want to put on Christ and become a part of that kingdom your path is going to look like this one right here it's important that we do our best to make the path look like this. And we as believers, helping those that believe also, the more of us that go on that path right there, it's going to be nice and clear. If that eight-mile hike was like this, I'm not saying we wouldn't have been worn out and tired by the end of that eight miles, but we wouldn't have had to worry about, okay, uh, are we going to see our families again? Are they going to call out how many days are going to, before they're going to call the, the help to come get the helicopters to airlift us to safety and so forth? I mean, there were all those things crossed our mind literally as we went on that path. But it's important for us to follow him the way that we need to so that our path is like that. So how do you follow? What kind of follow are you? And how do you help others follow this morning? Jesus answered and told them, he says in John chapter 10 and verse 25, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Are you a sheep this morning? Are you a part of that kingdom? Have you accepted Christ? 
And you may not understand all the works of what you need to do to be a follower of Christ, but if you haven't done that this morning, we highly encourage you to do that. The water is ready. There are those that would help serve you. If you have been on that path, and maybe your path looks a little bit uh, like that one that was kind of grown over with vegetation, and you need some help with clarity through prayers that we have, through the support that we have with one another, there are those, there, there are those that will help you with that also this morning. We encourage you to take those steps and to be a good follower of Christ in your life. If, you, if there is a need here this morning, please come and have a seat on the front pew as we stand and sing the song that's